Welcome to the Market Moment. This is Matt with John, Eli. Eli, you do anything fun? We were snowed in all weekend. Yeah, just trying to keep pipes alive. Yeah. We had that a freeze up on you. It, I didn't know that this could happen, and I'm not. I'm not construction inclined whatsoever. Just by the way, I'm saying that you can probably tell. <laughs> but <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> I'm not either, so I understand. We kept our water dripping, and we had our our cabin yeah. doors open, but our hot water froze. So we have we have cold water. We just don't have any hot water. So the shower this morning was rough. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I, I just got imagine. a text. Haley called me and said. I showered this morning. Haley called me and said, our pipes are frozen. I was like, I literally oh. showered this morning. Oh, that's mm. not good. But then she texted me back and said, I got it. So I guess oh. it wasn't too bad. <laughs> she's, yeah. more, she's more construction inclined. <laughs> the highs and lows are extreme at the Walters household. I tell you, it's so cold. I took, you know, one of those, remember the thing where you used to took ice baths? That was like the thing you did. You took an ice bath. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. I took an ice bath just to warm up. It's that cold. I mean, it's like I've never been a negative six degrees, in my, I don't think, in my life. And nor should any human have to do that. Why do we have to do that? I mean, last year it was minus 14. Was it really here? Yeah. Yes. That's when my shop pipes burst and Man. shower froze and everything. I don't, I don't know. I must have called in sick that day. I, I must have slept. <laughs> this was cold. In other words, I hate the cold. If only we lived in a country where you could warm, you know, move to warmth. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, if only we had options. Yeah. <sighs> well, in other words, the Houston Marathon was this weekend. <laughs> And it was extremely enjoyable. It's 60-degree weather. <laughs> Did you do that? No, you didn't no, do no. that. Oh, gosh. Um, no. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Cold weekend. Long, though, with MLK Day. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Had a long yep. weekend. So Great football. Good football. If you're, I mean, not if you're a Cowboy fan. <laughs> Sorry, Cowboy fans. Yeah. Rough weekend for certain people. Yeah, rough week. Yeah. Good weekend yep. for others. I kind of like to see the Bucks beat the Eagles last night. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Baker Mayfield, this is a great little side note. Baker Mayfield has more playoff wins since 1995 than the Cleveland Browns. And he's got two, and Cleveland Browns have one. And the one that Cleveland Browns have, Baker Mayfield, was the one. quarterback. He was. <laughs> that is so funny. he's got two. I mean, I just think that's funny. I, you know, not that I'm a big Baker Mayfield Can't fan. Can't stand him. Yeah. But, but it's, kinda, it's just kind of funny. That is you know? funny. And I was yeah. Houston winning, uh, beating Cleveland, which that was, a, I guess, the biggest upset maybe. Well, no, Dallas losing Packers was the biggest upset. Cowboys. Yeah, that, that was a big upset. Yeah, the, I, it was easy to cheer for the Lions. I could care less about the Detroit Lions, but the whole Jared Goff. Oh, no doubt, Matt Stafford. You know, trade. I was watching that game and I was like, "This is pretty easy to cheer for the Lions right now." I know. I think like, that's their first playoff win since uh, one thousand AD. One thousand AD. I think so. <laughs> it goes back a ways. Yeah, it goes back yeah. a long ways. All right. I think they've won everything um, forever. So a couple points today we want to touch on. Um, housing shortage starting to ease. So a couple quick points. Number of homes for sale on the market rose for the second straight month in December as a severe housing shortage finally begins to ease. Homes that were under contract but not yet sold rose by 4.9% in December compared with the same time a year ago. Inventory in the South surged by over 7% in December when compared to a year ago. However, it was a different story elsewhere in the country. Inventory climbed just 0.2% in the Midwest, fell 8% in the Northeast, and plunged 14.8% in the West. So um, although rates are slowly retreating, the rate on the 30-year fixed mortgage is currently hovering around 6.6%. They they remain well above the pandemic era lows of 3% and the 2019 average of 33.9%. Mm-hmm. Um, so long story short, this, is a big, this has been a big issue and something that I think a lot of people have talked about over the last... 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years. I mean, it's kind of, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. 
right? right? You don't right. just wake up and all of a sudden you're in a housing shortage. Mm-hmm. It is a, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, Eli, it's something that you've spent a you yeah. know, fair amount of time looking into. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. So just like anything in the market, the housing shortage is caused from a ripple effect from years and years and years of decisions. So the housing shortage of today can, you can look back to 2008 and say, well, the housing shortage of today was caused by no new construction built in 2008 and 2009. Well, what happened in 2008 and 2009 is caused from bad mortgages going back to years and years. And it's so fun. If you look at at an event from today, all of the implications of what could go into that event, that's just a side note. There's nothing uh, Mm -hmm. really good that can come from that other than to say something is, is happening. We can go back and learn from different mistakes that have been made. Well, currently... Right now, we are currently at one of the most unaffordable housing. Yeah. We are currently mm-hmm. at one of the most unaffordable housing times in history. If you if you look at the housing prices relative to median income, so median housing price, median income, it takes up. I think there was a statistic that I read. It was forty five percent of income <clears throat> is what would have to go wow. to purchase a an, a house today. Now, and pair that with another problem. There was a study from Redfin that came out saying that. of people have a mortgage under 6%. So that's where our shortage comes from. No one wants to sell and go purchase a house that's more expensive with a mortgage rate that's going to take all of their income. So we're currently at a really tough spot in the housing market for for new oncoming people who want to purchase a home. If you own a home and you're happy with your home, you're sitting pretty. You've got a 2, 3, 4, 5% mortgage rate in a home that satisfies your living needs. But if you want to go and buy a home, it's expensive to rent and it's expensive to buy. So for the 20s and 30s, it's it's really hard. But for the 40s, 50s, and 60s that locked in good housing, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's definitely depends on where you're at type Mm -hmm. of market. Going back to the financial crisis, you know, the that we have a certain amount of houses that have to be built every year to keep up with the demand, right? Yeah. The new demand. With births? And 08, 09, 2010, even into 2011, we did not hit that number. And it's just taken forever to catch up, which which leads to lack of supply. Mm-hmm. Even when we had those incredibly low interest rates, but you look around Northwest Arkansas and all the houses, housing developments that have started mm-hmm. close to completion, and it's it racked my brain, like at these interest rates, who is going to buy them? But the, to the point that there are not very good inventory mm-hmm. is why they're still selling. Yeah, sure. Um, so hopefully, and I, I kind of think the housing thing might end up working out, working itself out because interest rates should come down, as the Fed has told us, mm-hmm. and they never tell us an untruth. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> we just have to count on that, right? So, but supposedly, where rates mm-hmm. are going down over the next twelve months maybe even substantially down, like we're back in the fives on a mortgage rate, or maybe even, mm-hmm. maybe even, God willing, into the fours. So I think it will work itself out, and the, and the housing can build us back up. But I saw a study that said if you made $125,000 a year, which is far above median, the mean, yeah, yeah, that's the level you have to make or more to get into a house now. Mm-hmm. And so that goes to your point about the median income, and that hurts the middle class. Sure. But hopefully, it is not going to last that long. That's, that's mm-hmm. you know, and I think that markets will flush it out. Yeah. And if interest rate come down, it help it a lot. Well, and on the on the financial planning side, if if you're giving recommendations to somebody, interest rates and housing prices, and most of that really doesn't apply for an individual. It's can you afford the house? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, does it meet your family's needs? And it's not really a luxurious purchase. 
Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, and I think a lot, there's just so many factors. Like people's expectations for first-time homes is way different <laughs> than it used to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? In terms of quality, how nice oh, is it, how gosh. big is it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and I think you contribute that to social media. I mean, you can kind of mm-hmm. go down a bunch of different rabbit holes, HGTV. I yeah. mean, you look at all these things. It's what <laughs> yeah. someone expects today for a first-time home would have been not too long ago, like a lot of people's forever homes, Yeah. right? Just kind of speaking in averages. And so, you know, I think there's a reality of, hey, there's a lot of people that benefited from low rates. Do we ever get back there again? Again, I have no idea, but um, you just have to be honest with yourself, like to your point, what can you afford? Mm -hmm. And what do you need? That may not look and feel like what it could have a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And you just have to accept reality. I don't think you need to sit and wait and try to time the yeah. rate there, environment. Right. There, there, was so, there was someone that, it sounded harsh when they said this, and then I, I sat and I thought about it for a while, and I, I agree with them. They said, just because someone else was able to purchase something doesn't mean that you're entitled to, to that same purchase. Yeah. Entitlement and, is a huge term now, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, back in my day when we had to walk uphill both ways to school and back home in two feet of snow, you know, it, in the early 90s, you had to have 20% down. You had to have very good credit score. You had to have your, uh, you know, you had to be at the 30% debt to income ratio. You had to have all these mm-hmm. things, check, 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 yeah. to get a home. Yeah. It was not easy to get a home. <laughs> Everybody Deserves a Home Act of 95 or 6 yeah. gave that opportunity to a lot of people, but it had repercussions, which was the 2008 financial <laughs> crisis. Well, the whole idea, like, starting, I guess I was with Clinton, right? The yeah. American, yeah. The, like, everybody owns a home. It's just like slowly compounded into mortgages are more affordable to get into, yeah. easier to get into. And there's trickier ways to Level do Level of expectations have, yeah. have, have changed because of some of that. Um, and so to your point, yeah, to kind of wrap this topic up, like things change. And that is unfortunate for certain people, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you can't own a home. And it won't last. It, it, yeah, it won't last forever. It will not last but forever, yeah. What do we mean when we say that? I don't mean it won't last forever as if you're going to be able to get 2.5% 30-year mortgage. Oh, no doubt. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. even if you have to suffer a little bit, you have to put a little bit more away, you have to be a little more disciplined. Take more time. Take more time. And that may be the solution for, unfortunately, there is a pocket of people that that might affect negatively and they Mm -hmm. might boo-hoo that their little five-year period was terrible, right? And Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. Sure. So that's part that it's just... You know, we haven't gone through those kind of things in a long time because mm-hmm. housing's been easy and and, and cheap. Uh, affordable and cheap. And, yeah. cheap. and so that's you know that's part of the cycle, but it might be a hundred years. We look back on the cycle and it means absolutely nothing. Right. Yeah. Anyway, good conversation. I mean, that's yeah. something that's very real mm-hmm. for just about everybody. Um, all right, number two. So tax deal to expand child tax credit and revive breaks for businesses. The agreement between Houseways and Means Chair Jason Smith. Republican from Missouri and Senate Finance Chair Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon, cast months of negotiating and pursuing common ground in the divided Congress. The deal details of which would enhance refundable child tax credits to provide relief to financially struggling and uh, multi-child families. It would also lift the child the tax credits $1,600 refundable cap and adjust it for inflation. Wyden has said he hopes to pass the deal by the beginning of tax filing season, which is January 29th. This is not assured as Congress is juggling other priorities. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So um, I never really have high expectations that Congress will get anything done. But, I mean, if – and I, I didn't do if a If it helps of somebody get this. reelected, they'll get it done. Yeah. 
Um, they're they're trying to avert the government shutdown at the end of this week. Have you guys been paying attention to the knuckleheads that represent us in Washington D.C.? I mean, if they could decide how to tie a shoe, I'd be I'd be shocked. I mean, they they can't get together on anything. It's a shame. This you know, great whatever. But I saw something about with uh, I don't, yeah. with uh, this. He wasn't mentioned here, but Johnson, the new uh, speaker yeah. of the House, yeah. you know, and th- these. Republicans talking about they were so mad at his new budget or something yeah. that they were talking yeah. about like should we try to get him out again? I I'm know. Like, <laughs> I mean, here we go again. Uh, I'm like, guys, this I is know. ridiculous. If, now, if, as if, soon as there's something that you don't just you can't just stamp your approval on immediately, impeach, you immediately impeach. start talking about impeachment, kicking him out, and I'm like, <sighs> it, uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's bad. It's super. It is super discouraging. It's discouraging for. All of us in America, if you put us all together, left and right, you know, a lot of us would agree on most everything. Mm-hmm. But when you have media and, and politicians and, the, and the, the, the anger that is that we're supposed to have anger, right? We, we wake up, you watch news where you're, you're supposed to be angry, depending on what side of the aisle you are and about whatever thing mm-hmm. we're supposed to talk about, even though we're really not. But anyway, they stink. That's all mm-hmm. I have to and say. And this is the, appeal, this is the appeal to Trump for Trump to a lot of people is that like. Like he's him, not a politician. Like him, love yeah. him, hate him, whatever. Like, he's not a politician. He doesn't care about a lot of this stuff. Right. Now, there are things he cares about that he probably shouldn't, but, like, the political aspect of it, he plays the game. Yeah. But I honestly don't think he cares. These people, like, this is this is what how they've built their careers. Yeah. And they've just, it's you know, just getting an outsider. Fell is, apart from inside out, you know, from greed and yeah. – Thomas Jefferson warned us this in 1810. This is on its way to I didn't hear the here. first part of that. Was that a joke? <laughs> no, no, it's the truth. I mean, like, John's going back to the it, Roman Empire. Let, yeah. I know, I, get, yeah, I can't Caesar get into this. Wait, get to Burger King. That's a better story. Did we start at tax credits before we got here? Yeah, we, we I can have a whole, I could really so, have a whole show. Nobody would watch it, but I can so, have a whole so show about this my, stuff. My takeaway from this, you get a tax credit increase, so you you pay six hundred dollars less in taxes. If I'm if I remember right from what the old tax credit was, <laughs> so take that, put it in your child's five twenty nine account, and let's move on. Hey so, Eli, how did you let us get off the rails like this? I mean, this if you just said that from the beginning. Is this the go, go time back and to watch make, a couple minutes? I, I sat here. <laughs> is this the time to make a case for flat tax on a post it oh. note or you know? I mean, I would love. I can that. get into that. All right, another podcast. Then you can avoid all these credits and yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. All right, moving on. Burger King. Everybody wants to talk about Burger King. Um, your way. Get so your a change in way. course here. Largest Burger King franchisee getting bought for a billion dollars in cash. Restaurant's going to pay nine fifty five per share to acquire Carol's, which operates over a thousand Burger King restaurants and sixty Popeyes. Carol's stock closed at eight forty two on Friday, giving it a market value of four hundred fifty nine million. The company shares. Jumped by more than 12% pre-market. The deal is expected to be completed in the second quarter of 2024. So I was reading this earlier. Um, looks like Burger King's planning on like basically flipping these, buying them, fixing them up, getting them kind of back on track, and then reselling them to other franchise holders. Um, any thoughts on Burger King? Haven't eaten a Burger King in a very, very long time, so I don't have much to add. <laughs> I think that's probably Eli's never thoughts. eaten a Burger King because <laughs> he weighs 105 pounds. Oh, he runs pounds. marathons. You yeah. can't eat Burger King. <laughs> Marathoners don't eat a Burger King. Yeah, that's part of not Strictly part of their diet. Strictly McDonald's. <laughs> I, I on the other hand, am in the Burger, Burger King, King market, <laughs> but I don't go to Burger King. 
There's other places I like better than Burger King, but I do know what a Whopper is, and it's pretty good. There's there's marathoners, and then there's John. Martha. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, Ouch. if you didn't have me, here here's the deal, though, and I don't. It doesn't bother me at all to think that way. If you didn't have me, then we wouldn't even, we wouldn't appreciate marathoners as much. That's right. Does that make sense? You bring everything the into hard perspective. work that a marathon. If everybody was a marathoner, it'd be just normal. That's true. But now you're like unique. Because since the invention of the wheel, I, ha- I will never run that far. <laughs> so, That's but good. good for you. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so we obviously have nothing to add on yeah, the burger yeah, yeah. story. You know, there was there was something that McDonald's put out. I, this was a couple months ago, I think, that I heard about McDonald's or or I, I was McDonald's purchasing a a restaurant or building out a restaurant that was for like midday snacks. It's like healthy midday snacks for like your ten to eleven a.m. and your two to four p.m. And so we're starting to see fast food restaurants. They're going to have to get creative because they've kind of maxed out that potential oh, of what no they doubt. can do on the yeah. fast food side. Yeah, they, I mean, every business has to innovate. Innovate. Yeah, right? I, I totally mean, nothing agree. works forever. And so yeah. you don't think of a fast food restaurant as an uh-uh. innovator. but It's, fun. Mean, it's th- fun when you watch them innovate, though, yeah. and what they're moving towards. Yeah, very cool. So uh, we had a comment last week. Thank the Lord, because I did not want to tell another dad joke. Um, <laughs> Zoe's making me tell Jad jokes any weeks we don't have comments or questions. And so <laughs> That's great. I literally, last week I literally pleaded. <laughs> Please. I was like, I'm speaking into the universe. Please give me a comment or question. Please, dear this God. This so, comment is from Matt Walters. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, my, uh, it's my fake Google name. Yeah. But, no, this one's from Michael. Um Prices are high and remain high despite lower cost of inputs. This is particularly due to inflation, but also due to corporate greed and lack of meaningful competition in the marketplace. Governments can combat this through antitrust, rejecting acquisitions, emergers, and going after monopolies. The real problem is they haven't. So a couple things, uh, you know, agree Agreed, and disagree, disagree. with uh, <laughs> certain parts of this. But I definitely agree with, I think what we could all agree with is, Competition never is never a bad thing for pricing, mm-hmm. no doubt, right? And no I think doubt. that's what he was trying to get get at. I appreciate we appreciate the comment a lot, mm-hmm. and definitely agree with kind of the I think the moral of what you were getting to there is um, competition is good, mm-hmm. and will will always help with bringing prices down over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know. think there's a key part like what, where he starts. Prices are high and remain high despite lower cost of inputs. Right. That's a that's a key sentence because. When, when the news and the media start saying inflation is decreasing, that right. will never mean that prices are lo- falling, are falling yeah. unless they yeah. start to say deflation. Yeah. Yeah. So it, as long as we're saying the word inflation, prices will continue to rise and stay elevated. Oh, no doubt. Just at a less pace. Yeah. And that's, less, that's the deal. Yeah. And I think that's a great point, Eli. Um, I, I would say that I have nothing else to add because that was a great point. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a good comment. I, I, I tend to not like to get into the – or jump on the bandwagon when people say corporate greed, mm-hmm. right? Not that that's not there. Right. It doesn't exist. Yep. But I think that's one of those things that can get tossed around yep. a lot that's not fair um, right. in right. most situations. Because, I mean, any business owner, shareholder, I mean, the ultimate incentive or goal is to make profits, right? It is. And that yes. And some people don't like hearing that, Some people, but that is just mm-hmm. – that is reality. And so yeah. now – humans run corporations and so there's inevitably going to be greed yeah. at times um so I, but I, I do think it's more complex than just corporate greed I agree. um but i do think that as a society as a government even though i want as little government as possible we need to promote 
as much competition as I, possible. Yeah, totally agree. Well, and if you're if you're upset about corporate greed, the best thing that you can do is take your money and go invest. Like if you if you yeah. don't like that corporations are greedy, well, they're greedy so that they can return value to their shareholders. Yeah, take your money and go invest. The yeah. number one priority of a CEO of a company is to make profit for their company for their shareholders. Uh-huh. Yeah. Period. It does not change. Uh, and, and I always say the market, you know, we talk about politics and things come in, leak in about how the market's moving. Market, number one thing they care about is corporate profits. Market goes up if they think sure. corporate profits are going to be good. Markets mm-hmm. go down if they think they're going to be bad. Yeah. It is about profits. But to, that, to his point, and I totally agree about the greed thing being a factor, but I would say this on, on the, our uh, unions in the United States, right, north, like mm-hmm. our cars, are built and they cost a lot of money. And you can look at it, not just corporate greed, but uh, employee greed as well, right? I mean, look at some mm-hmm. of the union cost of labor is ridiculously in comparison to non-union labor. Sure. Yeah. So some of that has to be, we end up buying, paying for that, right? Yeah. So it's not just the corporate greed, it's it's a number of things. It's government, it's mm-hmm. everything. Sure. It's mm-hmm. taxes, it's on and on. Yeah. But to the point, hey, I, I agree with uh, with a lot of what he's saying there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you have thoughts on the housing market, I would love to have some comments on the housing. Oh boy, market. you just opened up the floodgates. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, we appreciate the comment, Michael. Um, and obviously, if anyone comments, we'll spend ten minutes debating whether we agreed with it or not. <laughs> right. We just proved that. So, um, no, as always, uh, go like, subscribe, uh, share the podcast, share any of the videos we're putting out. We we're actually about to roll out a new series that our uh, wonderful producer just came up with the market minute. Is that what? No, What's it okay, I butchered it. It will, it will be a minute. <laughs> it will, and be it a will minute. relate. To, okay, to, so there'll be like short videos, <laughs> educational videos that all of the advisors here at the firm will be yeah. recording and putting out on various topics. I'll let Zoe or someone else share the name of that because <laughs> I got it wrong. Uh, but as always, please be sure to uh, ask questions, put comments um, down below, and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. The hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Mach 1 Financial Group LLC is an SEC registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, click on the link in the episode description below.